I'm Paul. And I'm Richa. And this is the PR Show. Oh my god, hello. Hello, what's going on? Not much. Teddy and I are here. Uh, uh, oh, oh, there she is. Hi, Lida. Hello. Wait, I need to turn out my volume. Okay, there we go. You do. Paul is drunkenly trying okay. to. Okay, <laughs> whatever. The light was kind of in the way a little bit. Alida, are you drinking a Corona? Is that what I see? I, or... Um, no, it's a Stella cider. Oh, cider. <laughs> okay, yeah. beautiful. Oh, I don't have lime, and I don't like drinking Corona when I don't have lime. You know. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I feel that. That's the, only, that's the only way to drink it. Yeah. We drink Ooh, somewhere between. Change the setting six for like the video quality to be seventy-two <laughs> or seven hundred and twenty-eight. The you can change the setting to make the video quality a lot better. Really? Yeah. Wait, wait, on. I didn't realize on that. I'll try it. Okay. Where am I supposed to go? I'm so drunk. Definitely the gear button. Then go to the bandwidth. Bandwidth. Yeah. Seven hundred and twenty. I did my outgoing video 720. Incoming. 720. Incoming. I mean, I don't really give a shit what you guys look like. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I have, this has made no difference. Elida and Richie used to look fantastic. Thank so. you. You can see the difference? Burr, you really are drunk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm drunk. Whatever. My name's Paul. Part of PNR show. I'm the P. I'm also drunk. And there's no and. It happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> try it again, try it again. Um, Hey guys, welcome to the PNR oh show. Uh, I'm Paul. One more time, Paul. One more time. <laughs> what? Well, you didn't. You didn't answer back. No, right. because it's hey, not. Up, it's guys? not the PNR uh, show. Podcast listeners, uh, welcome to the PNR show. My name is Paul, and I'm Richa of the PR show. Uh, did I say the PNR yeah. show? It's hard to. It's hard. It's hard to remember. <laughs> anyway, okay. it's the PR show officially. Welcome, um, welcome, and welcome. Welcome, everyone. Um, today, we are talking about an academic subject. Yes, I guess very last studious. week was also an academic subject, but today we are talking about an academic subject, about reading books. And we have two very special guests with us today. We have Elida. Hello. Hi, Elida. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Elida. Thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we have Teddy. Teddy's actually one of my roommates. Um, so welcome, Teddy. Hi guys. Teddy has been featured a couple times on the podcast, unknowingly. It's true. It's true. It's kind of a random guest, but now it's a very intentional guest. <laughs> Teddy didn't know he was on the podcast. <laughs> he did not know, but he has been. You have... Episode four or five, he was also on the podcast with Jacob Evans. Yeah. He, he, uh, yeah, he was a he was a guest. <laughs> was I really? Yeah, you were. You were. You stopped and you said hi, and you started talking to Rachel because you did not know that we were recording a podcast. I told then, you that we were, uh, but like you didn't listen to that part, so you just kept yeah. going. Well, guys, it's my uh, second or third appearance on the PR show, and I'm incredibly excited about the subject. So yeah, let's do it. Wait, okay. Something mm-hmm. something important to note is that Rich and I, um, to be. Very honest with you, very transparent with you guys. Um, before we start, Rich and I don't know anything about books. I gotta be yeah, honest, we don't, we don't read a lot. No, but Elida and Teddy, 
they do. <laughs> and that's why we have them here. So we're going to be talking a, lot, a little bit about the value of books, um, what they enjoy about them, and maybe why you guys should be reading more books and which ones you should read. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. Wait, can we play our jingle? Uh, hold on. I don't, it's like on my phone. I don't know if it's going to register. No, but like we have it saved on here. I want to add it. Oh, I guess I have to add it later. I'll add it. Like Okay, we'll, we'll add it later. We'll add it later. Yeah. It'll be on the episode. When you listen to the episode, listeners, it will the be jingle. on the episode. Yeah, this is so high tech. Yeah, Can we uh, share I, the news really quick about our new happenings? Please do, Richard. We are on that. Anchor and because SoundCloud wouldn't let us upload anymore because <laughs> we uploaded <laughs> too much. Um, so we are on Anchor now, and we have been distributed to all of your favorite podcast listening mm-hmm. uh, avenues. So catch us on yep. Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Yep. Didn't know that was a thing. Yep. Um, other pod, what <laughs> I don't know any other podcasts. At Apple Music, probably. Yeah, all kinds of shit. Or Apple Podcasts. I'm sure. So it's you're welcome. Hard world. To, it's hard to comprehend how successful we've become. Over I the think last, so. like, yeah, it's a little overwhelming. It's difficult, but... it's difficult to understand the growth trajectory yeah. that we've taken. But I'm not surprised. You guys I'm are not, so I'm humble. I'm not surprised. I mean, <laughs> the way we, to be honest, we put out a very, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of editing with yeah. this podcast. We do very high tech. We do a lot of preparation, and that makes us very successful. <laughs> I, I would like the listeners to know that I just looked up the PR show on Apple Podcasts, and in fact, we are featured with the tagline, are we allowed to drink on here? Um, I see a lot of drinking a cider. Paul and I both absolutely partook before this show. So. I got to be honest, guys. Um, I'm, a, I'm drunk. I got to be straight up. I'm just drunk. There's no way. <laughs> and for once. I'm just intoxicated. <laughs> we played a recreational game of beard eye. Yep. And now the listeners get to enjoy. That's true. And uh, it's for your benefit, listeners. So thank you very much. Sandy's trying to pick my one white uh, mustache hair, and that's not going to happen. So, thank you. Uh, For once, I'm sober. So, that's good. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, so the whole thing was inspired because Teddy has this like dream that he tells the world about that he wants to own a bookstore. So, (laughs) why don't we get started about that? You can tell us about your dream. Explain to them what you would like to your bookstore to be like and your fantasies. Okay, so I'm going to start with my tour guide opening. So hello, everyone. My name is Teddy Zergusgetter. I am a senior in mechanical engineering from Bettendorf, Iowa. Uh, but the thing that I don't tell <laughs> kind of an alum. what I don't tell kind of an alum. the tour guide uh, yeah. subjects, I suppose, is that I want to open a bookstore someday. So um Growing up, I was really, really into reading. Uh, I moved around a lot. So my family moved probably like six or seven times throughout my childhood. And like books were something that was always, always there for me. And I really loved the way that books and literature like bring people together. Um, And actually during high school, you know, I think a lot of people who talk about why they chose engineering is because they loved math and science. I did not love math and science at all. Um, I was really in English. I was into the impact that literature, that books could have on people analyzing literature, like talking about what it shows us about humans, human conditions, stuff like that. Um, That's really the stuff that inspired me. And I ended up choosing engineering um, for a number of reasons, but I've always kind of kept that um, love of books, I guess. And so as I've been searching for kind of fulfillment throughout college, I've begun to uh, realize that I think like my ideal 
happiness, my ideal place that I want to be is to open a bookstore with a bunch of people. I don't know, maybe it has a coffee shop, maybe it doesn't, but um, I love books and I love having conversation about books with people. And I love talking about things that matter. And I think that books are in a number of ways, um, kind of my avenue to do that. So it's always really inspired me. And that's been probably the biggest thing in my life as I've grown up. That's really uh, turned me into the person that I am. Oh my. I think I'm going to cry. Pretty sweet. got to be honest yeah. with you guys. Sweet. Yeah. I don't think great. I can top that. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> hey, yeah, there's nothing to say. Past that. Yeah. Please go to Teddy's bookstore when he opens it. Teddy, you have a tentative guys. name for it. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm curious about. Do you have a tentative name for it? I do. Uh, so as I said, my last name is Sergisgetter. Um, This is still being workshopped. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love to take any feedback from the listeners, but my tentative name is Circus Stories. Um, oh. Kind of sounds like my last name. All right. Uh, if you ask me what I'm most passionate about, my answer is always stories. It I like cut that. out on my yeah, end. Yeah, it cut stories. out on my end too. Circus Stor- Stories Incorporated. I would ooh, go there. Ooh, that sounds good. We can brainstorm out like for a hot second about your coffee shop. Or did any? Okay, I agree. I totally agree. Is there something attached to it? Coffee shop, maybe? Potentially a coffee shop. Uh, my roommates and I have talked about kind of incorporating all the things that we love. I love books. My roommate, Mark, loves ice cream parlors and bar. Um, so we're talking about maybe a combination like bar, arcade, bookstore. Ooh. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I like the coffee shop idea, but I also really like the bar slash yeah, like I book idea. That. I would go there. Bars and I books? Think- the book I, bar? Oh, the book bar. Oh, baby. Richard, you might have just did something. Richard, you might have just titled this episode, baby. <laughs> Wait, I think I did. I think I just gave Teddy his business model. Bars and books. <laughs> no, the book so, bar. The book bar is perfect. No, because I think <laughs> because I think there are also there are a lot of people who on a Friday night, like everybody likes to drink, but some people like to drink like in more solitude. Mm-hmm. So I think for all the introverts or whoever those people are. I think a book bar is what they need. I think they would really enjoy like a more chill, like more like not as many like people, like cool vibe kind of place to go. Just chilling out. Absolutely just chilling out. I'm into it. It's got to be in a cool city. Um, But I'd like to add, I would love to hear why Elida loves books. Yes, absolutely. And also, Elida, what kind of business additionally would you open up? Um, Well, that's funny because (laughs) I also would love to open a coffee shop. <laughs> that was also one of my dream like businesses for the future. Me and my mom, as I was growing up, we always wanted to open a coffee shop. Um, but growing up, I feel like I could not do business with my mom. So I think <laughs> I'd take that over. <laughs> and I, wanted, I actually wanted the coffee shop to turn into a bar as well, like at night. Yeah, yeah. I was actually talking to my roommate about this today. I think, or yesterday. Did um, we uh, go to the Starbucks uh, reserve together, Teddy? Oh, we did, Risha. Yeah, we did. they have, like, coffee martinis and shit there. Oh, that's They're awesome. actually pretty good. You could make, like, coffee-inspired drinks See, or something. See, like, I want, I want my, like, coffee shop to only turn into bars on, like, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, because I still want that, like, late-night study vibe to happen in the yeah. coffee shop, you know, yeah, for yeah, all yeah. the other days. Yeah. Would you serve yeah. Turkish coffee there? I would. I'm not a big fan of Turkish coffee, but I definitely would still serve it just to have it. 
I don't think I've ever had authentic Turkish coffee because like I'll go to a place, I'll have their Turkish coffee and I'm like, oh, this is good. Yeah. And somebody who like, it, but apparently it's not good. So yeah. So know. someone who knows what they're talking about is like, oh my God, their coffee is shit. So yeah. I think I haven't even had the real thing yet. Yeah. Wait, what's like, what's like the ideal coffee? Ideal coffee? Like what my favorite coffee is? Yeah. Like what's it like? Where's it like? Where's the best coffee from? Like region wise, I don't know. Yeah, like I don't know. Turkey. I just like to. Is it from Turkey? But like, the one I have right now is from India. So that one's really like. Do you fuck? Do you fuck with it? It's really good. It was like it came in like a variety pack, and that's the one I like really like. So I kept buying the same one. Okay, so now that we've brought this topic up, there actually has been something that I have been really upset about these days. Okay, so basically, oh my god, okay, so basically, you know, like this, like Wits coffee, yeah, it's like trending all of a sudden. I have been making whipped coffee for like a year and a half, I invented that shit, really. All of a sudden, it's trending on TikTok. Isn't like I thought it originated from Korea. I mean, other I than feel, rich okay, and you, brown but I people, thought it was from Korea. <laughs> brown people also whip their coffee first, and then they pour over the milk. Oh. So, I don't know. I think someone might have uh, watched me make it, because I made it for all my friends. Wait, um, since you're a pro in whipped coffee, can I ask you something? Yeah. Could you make it without sugar? Yeah, I, that's what I make it without sugar. Okay, anyone who wants whipped coffee, what are you guys laughing about? Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, okay, this is a recipe for whipped coffee. So it's one part instant coffee, one part sugar, and then one part water. And then I do two parts instant coffee and then one part water. And because, it still works? Yeah, it still works. It's not going to get as, like, white, but it will still whip up really nice and be, like, really creamy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to try So that. also the thing with favorite. Indian coffee is that it's, like, the coffee from New Orleans. It has chicory root mixed in oh. I love the taste of chicory root so during the reason that people in New Orleans have it is because during the Civil War um, coffee was in low supply so mm. a lot of the soldiers would in um, Louisiana they would grind chicory root up and mix it with their coffee to make it last longer so yeah so that's why I started there I'm not sure why Indian people eat theirs with chicory but I think it tastes so yummy and everybody that I have made it for also really likes it so wait just so does chicory root have like the similar like restorative and like like energy properties I don't think it has caffeine or like what or does it have caffeine in it I don't think it has caffeine but it tastes like (laughs) kind similar to coffee I actually like the taste of it better interesting yeah like enhances the flavor Mm -hmm. yeah definitely Cool, 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 yeah. cool. So, okay, so, so speaking long of- Long story short, Elida, we are coming to your coffee shop. Okay, yeah, please do. Yeah. Ultimately, I we think, are coming to your coffee I think Elida and I are going to go into business together, yeah. and we're going to take over uh, some moderate-sized city. Yeah, and Richa and I are going to just record our podcast there, probably. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, that would be said. We could have a little corner. Wait, that'd be so fun. PR show. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years from now, when we're on episode like 500. Uh, yeah, no, it'd be way more than that. 20 years times 365. You guys, like, you guys could we'd have be recording on episode, like, with 6, We could yeah. have recording audiences. Yeah, that's true. Oh, it's gonna be great. Yeah, I we're love have that. Huge, yeah. huge following. It's gonna be great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're already kind of. We already have a huge following. We kind of have a lot. We got yeah. ten. We got we got ten listens on one of our episodes. Yeah. So that's yeah. So, Elida, tell us your book story. 
my how did you get into books okay Um, i was mm -hmm. i was born in turkey and turkey what turkey (laughs) yikes did i not say turkey is that what you said Turkey. Yeah. Is that what you told me? That I thought, thought. Okay, I thought you said twerky, and I was like, "Twerky." Is that how you're supposed to say it, or no? Not. It's Turkey. Say it however Wait. you want to say it. Mm. Just say Turkey. <laughs> I want to say this right. Oh my god, why the fuck can't I say this right? <laughs> we had Aiken like practice it with us. Yeah, it didn't go super well, but Fuck. it went okay. I'll get there one day. Turkey. There you go. Something like that. Turkey. Right? I'm not even going to act like we're going to piss a rich. We're, we're honestly very Yeah, you're great. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Okay, sorry. So you were born in Turkey, Elida. Yeah, I was born in Turkey, and I mm-hmm. didn't have any siblings until I was eight. So I was kind of, you know, bored at home. Mm-hmm. So I started reading a lot. Even when I like couldn't read, actually, I would open books and just like pretend I could read and just read like gibberish. Oh my gosh! And my parents That's apparently so would like ask me what I was reading, and I would actually uh-huh. like tell them, and they would just like listen, even though it wasn't even accurate. But that's how I just like got into reading, and I actually started like learning how to read and like write by copying down like titles from like newspapers and stuff before I even started college like not college before I even started like school yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's so cool and my parents had to take like newspapers and stuff away from me because they didn't want me to start learning how to read and write before school because they thought I would like get bored and get sick of school before school even started yeah Um, but yeah, and I like repeated first grade also because I moved um, to Germany. Uh huh. Um, so like as I was growing up, I started reading Turkish books, and then it switched over to German books because I was trying to learn and improve my German. Uh huh. And then I've moved back to Turkey for middle school, and like I kind of stopped reading for a little bit there, and then I kept reading again, like in like seventh and eighth grade, I think. And then once I got to high school, I started reading English books, and I have not read a Turkish book, I think, since. It's okay. kind of bad. Like, I should read uh-huh. in my own language, but, like, I just... The books I read mostly are originally written in English, and I feel like it's just better to read the original. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? Do you remember, I, though, any, like, anything that you've noticed that is kind of very different between Turkish literature and American literature? I know it's been a while, so. Um, as I was learning English, this hasn't, like, I guess it kind of happened with books, but same with, like, TV shows. Mm-hmm. I think, like, with emotional scenes and everything, like, I couldn't get as emotional when it was English. But when it was, like, Turkish, like, I could feel the emotions more when it was mm-hmm. my first language. Mm-hmm. But, like, that has changed now, like. I was reading a book last week, and, like, the last 10, 15 pages, I was just bawling my eyes out. Oh, my. <laughs> so, yeah. definitely oh my God. changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. That's so powerful. Yeah. In terms of the actual language, though, does Turkey, Turkish tend to be more, like, descriptive and more, like, like, like maybe Farsi is? Um, I'll be honest. Like, I haven't read in Turkish in, like, years. So I really don't know what Turkish books look mm-hmm. like anymore mm-hmm. plus my mm-hmm. turkish 
isn't like the greatest. So I just like kind of get bored when I read in Turkish. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, the reason that I'm asking was because I am a big fan. Okay. So I don't really read that many books, but I do read poetry sometimes. Because mm. um, it's shorter. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm going to be honest, books kind of intimidate me sometimes. Like I kind of don't have that attention to read anymore, I think. So, but anyways, but I do read poems and I've been reading Rumi a lot. Um like in the past like two years I think um and I mean so his the language that he wrote in was Farsi and so I mean like the way he describes everything I mean the way he describes love for example makes me just think that it's this most amazing thing in the world like the words that he uses and of course I'm reading the (laughs) translation but it's just like he describes it with just so much passion and so much detail like it's like also, like, a lot of exaggeration, too. I just think it makes it such... I mean, I think it's... I would love to read in Farsi one day, or, like, to understand the language one day and, like, to be able to, like, fully read, like, his words in its native language and, like, really experience that, like, magic. Because I, I think it's honestly incredible, like, the way that it, like, really just makes you feel... And I, I've had this conversation with... I mean, because a lot of people read Rumi, and it's just, like, I feel like every single person, like, also feels the same way um about that writing so yeah I actually really love poetry I my name kind of means poetry so ever since I was little I've kind of always been yeah so my parents would always buy me like poetry books and I would write poems when I was little and I thought that was like I also used to write poems yeah middle school yeah no poetry is the best wait Richard to clarify what do you mean by reading Rumi reading Rumi like reading, that, reading his work. Yeah, yeah. So Rumi is a Persian author. Um, I actually don't know how. I have not, I have not, I have not heard of them. So I didn't. I oh, did dude, you know. should totally check him out. He is probably one of the most like world-renowned poets in like the history of time. Cower is that how you say it? I feel like I. Oh, Ruby Cower. Yes, I think so. Right. I don't know. R U M I. Yeah, and then it's K-A-U-R. Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's awesome. You should check him out. Um, Interesting, yeah. So, okay, Ruby Cameron, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so what do you, what is kind of the different, like, in terms of poetry and then just, like, reading, I guess, what's the word, like, traditional literature or, like, a book? Um, what in your opinion is like kind of the differences and like which one maybe do you enjoy more? Um, I personally like reading novels more than poetry. I mm-hmm. used to like poetry, but I like a story and like I like the building of like the characters and stuff. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of reading novels. Yeah, yeah. I think the reason that I like poetry and like kind of songs also is like it kind of is focused on like one emotion or one scenario. Um, I mean, like, obviously there's like, it kind of sometimes misses like the plot, like, and character development that I guess novels have. But I actually, I kind of like that more like that focused attention, just like really diving deep and like Mm -hmm. with an intense amount of detail and emotion, like just kind of really like dwelling on like a certain feeling or a certain event. Right. So I I think the difference in poetry and, and like 
reading books or novels is very much like the it's like intensity versus plot you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying it's mm-hmm. like yeah like plot certainly builds up to something i think is very like rewarding at the end but like when you read poetry like it's a very it's like you said richa it's very focused on like a certain theme that like it drives home yeah sometimes like i feel like because i never really know what like an artist is like actually saying when i listen to their songs I, like, love listening, or I love, like, reading the lyrics, especially with, like, rap music. Like, I really, like, I mean, a lot of times, like, if, like, just taking time, it's, like, every single line is, like, it's just, like, loaded with nuance and, like, like, you know, innuendos, which is, I mean, I think it's, like, kind of incredible how, like, it's not, you know, like, going beyond just, like, the rhythm and, like, the beat of a certain music and, like, or, and making words flow with it. I think, like, there's just a whole other skill that, comes with that but i mean i don't think yeah. so too yeah that makes sense yeah i think i think that this is kind of an interesting duality between poetry and prose because i've never really read anything that didn't have a plot um i'm currently reading a book called gilead which is by marilyn robinson um and it's about a pastor in a very small town in iowa so it resonates with me because i'm from a very small town in iowa uh, and he's like 70 years old his heart is failing and he's writing a letter to his son, essentially. And the whole book is a letter to his son. And there's no plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's really the first piece of literature that I've ever read that never had a plot. And I think that it has the reason What do you I, mean I, that I, it has no plot? Like, what is he writing about? He's just kind of recounting memories in some ways. Like, memories of his son, memories of his life. Like, things that he wants to pass down to his son. Because his son is, like, five years old, I think, and the telling of uh, the story and he's like six or like 70, like I said. And so he's trying to like impart some wisdom down to his son, uh, you know, at a time that he can understand it. Um, I think it's really interesting because like, kind of like you mentioned, Richard, like traditionally books are focused around plot, but this is the first book that I've ever read. That's really not. Um, and I think it, it's a really interesting consideration into a variety of like different human experiences, emotions, kind of like you mentioned, like poetry. Um, like something I would bring up is like, if there's this, there's this one paragraph that really stands out to me where he just focuses on the word I, like literally like mm-hmm. the, the, you know, I don't know what you call that, the, the noun, the, yeah, sure. the noun I. Um, and, you know, all that's kind of packed into that. Like when you say the word, like, I think, like, you know, what is all packed into I think, like all the, you know, for all of us, like the 22 years of, experience and emotion that are packed into like I think and it's really beautiful because it is one of the only books that I've ever read that really considers a lot of those you know those things that poetry considers on a deeper level but it really meditates on a certain like pronoun in this case yeah and it's like it's like everything that's rolled into it and so it's really made me think about like you know what what I say in a different way because there's so much that goes into what we say and what we think that we just don't about you know and so it's like like everything that we say and do people is like there are 20 years of experience and emotion and pain and everything like behind it and like I just think it's really interesting to consider that and I think we normally Mm -hmm. consider poetry as kind of the the vessel by which that's communicated but like this is the first book I guess and I'm reading it now you know it's just crazy but like it's the first book that I've ever like found to be able to kind of fit that niche yeah I think I it took me a long time to realize how much like I mean as like authors for I mean that when they're writing like anything it's not like everything will just 
you know, come to them immediately and what they're thinking they can write on paper. I mean, there is so much like, like so much thought given into like some of them. I mean, every single line, every single word, like the flow, the rhythm, like the cadence of the way things like are flowing. I mean, like how I think I just, I, and I think actually most people acknowledge this, but just like appreciating how much work like a person puts into like writing a book and like really focusing on every single word. Um, I mean, I think that's the difference between maybe like articles and like writing us like a book and like with writing style. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you just have to put so much more, I guess, thought and there's so much more that you can get out of reading a book um, in terms of like really dissecting like the writing style and like the emotion and like all this like, you know, like loaded stuff. I honestly, I make, that's why like writing is like something that I'm not very good at just because writing is like, I mean, speaking comes like really easily to me. I can just like say whatever I want and it's like word vomit, but writing has always been something that it's been kind of difficult for me. I think it's just because like when you're actually tangibly putting a word down on paper, it's just like, there is so much more like permanence and thought yeah. like put to it. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, there's something really really special so do you guys also since you're big readers do you guys also like writing no i I'm a writer. No. I used to write poems like i said but that was just like in middle school yeah and i've always tried to read journals, but i've never been successful mm-hmm. oh no what about you teddy i think i think writing's hard because i think for really like two reasons so first off like i think you're always judging especially when you're a big reader like you're judging what you do or what you write against the works of other people which isn't you know it, it isn't the way that we think but i think that it inherently does that and also yeah like writing like real writing you know not just like writing a report but like writing something that you feel like it requires kind of like a depth of understanding or uh you know like a a sense of self that i think is really <laughs> hard to achieve like to to know what you want, like, especially in the context of writing a novel, like what you want to write and what you're trying to say, I think that that's way more difficult than it sounds. Yeah. And like, I think that when you've read a lot of great works, you know, it's like, it's hard to judge what you have to say against what, like, I don't know, you know, all these other authors have to say. And so I think that that's hard. And I think that we're like, as good readers, you know, we're even more likely to like, question what we're saying and you know hyper analyze what we're saying and not just take our message as good enough yeah right hyper analyzing that's something i literally do all the time that's why i hate fucking texting if somebody texts me it might take me like two or three days to respond back because it makes me nervous it's so hard right because like you want to say something that like that fits you know or that like that is equivalent you know of a response that you would consider necessary and it's like it's hard it's hard to do that I know I basically stopped using punctuation like two years ago and decided that I'm not going to care. <laughs> and I just like word vomit on my text now just because I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm not going to think about it. I feel that. Because writing is freaking hard. I think being an author is like sounds so complicated and their job sounds like so complex and detailed and just, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like incredible. Um, I feel like just, like, a paragraph in a book could, like, make or break a book, you know? know? Like, it's that detail. Yeah. So, I think one thing that we talked about, also, I think that even though you might not feel like you're at the level of some of the authors that you're reading about, I think you should still, you should still write. Um, But speaking of that, I mean, I think understanding, like, the human condition, 
and having kind of like that emotional intelligence and like being able to like read like human behavior I think is something so incredible that all authors seem to really have an amazing grasp on um Teddy I've also noticed about you though that you're also very like emotionally intelligent and you're able to kind of like understand like the vibe of a room and do you think that is because you are so well read I mean I I think in some ways like I think that reading like unlocks a variety so like when you I guess I would equate this to like when you go throughout life you know you meet a lot of different people who give you like kind of insight into these different like walks of life or these different ways of thinking in some ways. And I think that reading unlocks a lot of different though, like different ways of thinking in you. Cause like, like, I'll, like I think that the one that my mom and I, my mom is also a big reader and that's something that we talk about a lot is like, uh, you know, we are both like rather like privileged people in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that reading for me in a lot of ways has unlocked the idea that there are people out there who are, who struggle, you know, and who go through a lot of stuff that I haven't been exposed to. And so like, for me, it's opened my eyes, I think, to a lot of different, you know, like we talked, like you talked about, Richard, like you touched on like human conditions that don't exist for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like, I, I'm not trying to say that I've felt anything like their pain or anything like that. But you know, it opens your eyes to what some people go through. And I think that the the really careful consideration of like I would like I, I come back to a lot like Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl is one of my favorite books that I've ever read. Um, and it's about a guy who uh, he was a psychologist and he went through the Holocaust. And it's like like it, it opens your eyes in a lot of ways to what people went through. And although you can't feel what they felt, you know, you can see what they felt in some ways. And so and try to open my eyes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really hard to understand. And I think it like it has been an exemplar for me of like the privilege that I've had to like grow up with a pretty normal life overall and not go through, you know, a lot of the things that people went through. And so it's been kind of food for thought for me in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like I always say this, it's just like, I love to interview people. And it sounds so weird, but I love to ask them about what their life story is and their life philosophy. Because I think that's just like really the only way that I'm able to kind of it's one way that I use to like kind of really open my mind and like understand like, and you know, the journey that everyone's been on and every single time you ask someone about that, they always have the most incredible story. Like each person has the most incredible story and the most incredible lessons that you can kind of learn from them. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess the way that you do it through books, I kind of do it through like as just (laughs) interviewing people. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, and I guess like, not that I'm like a reader, but at the same time, like, I think something that's interesting about books is that they're like telling the story of a certain experience. And like even fiction books, you know, you're telling the story of a certain experience, right? I mean, like, maybe it's not your personal experience, but you're like expressing some sort of idea um, about somebody's experience. And so like, Richa, like thinking about just like interviewing people in like, in like real life, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. versus like, um, just you know I, I like people have stories right and like that's what you're exploring through books the idea that like you can read a book and and like get someone's story get 
even if it's fantasized, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like you're learning lessons mm-hmm. from that, like, and you're learning lessons from people's real life stories and like talking to people. And like, I, I mean, that's one of my favorite things about the podcast, right? I mean, it's just like, you get to hear people's stories. You get to hear their point of view. Like that's what authors are doing. Right. Yeah. And like, it's like a privilege that they get to be like eloquent. And like, I think that that's a great gift, but at the same time, like everyone has a story to share. And so like, I think that like, that's one of the great things about books. And that's one of the great things about like being able to do a podcast and getting able, like being able to like interview people is that like, you know, you can, you get to hear the story, you get to hear about their experiences and like how they are like getting through life and like what their thoughts are in the different subjects and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's one thing definitely that we should talk about are like, I guess, different mediums of like literature, like, or like movies and songs. But before I get to that, I do remember Elida, you said that you have an affinity for fiction novels. Yeah, fiction novels. I I do yeah. like fiction novels a lot. Um, I don't know why. It's just like, um, like during quarantine right now, for example, I think the reason I've started reading a lot more is well, I have all the time, yeah. but also <laughs> it's like you said, like I can't just like go out and meet people and like have conversations with people. So like being able to talk and like live in the world of like the books. And, like, mm-hmm. meet the people, like, the characters in those books is kind of, like, one way to, like, escape, yeah. kind of, you know? Um, but I've read a lot of, like, war time mm-hmm. books recently. Um, not, like, necessarily about the war, but just, like, around the time of the war. Like, the one I'm reading right now is called The Night- mm-hmm. Nightingale. It's about, like women and how they've kind of been an impact um during the which, war which um, war, it's, taking, um, it's like okay. it's world war Two. it takes place in france when like germany um took over and like all the husbands and brothers and dads are like all in mm-hmm. war and it's talking about how like women are trying to like um stay strong and like make mm-hmm. an impact right. still mm-hmm. um, while yeah. not fighting that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So do you guys want to talk about, like, I guess, books versus other, like, forms of art? Um, like, books versus, you know, like, film or songs or, like, other types of media? Um, and kind of what your choice is between those and why I think what maybe books add that others don't? Sure. I personally um, am a huge documentary fanatic and that's kind of my way that I like get information. Yeah, right, I think right. for some reason I really enjoy like that visual and like kind of sure. it like helps it like mm-hmm. I, it retains more in my head. Um, but I don't know if you guys have an opinion on what you prefer and why maybe reading might be better than like watching a TV show. I had this conversation with one of my friends the other day about like why reading a book seems more productive or, like, more Mm -hmm. intellectual than, like, watching Netflix or blah, 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 you know? Um, But I think the nice part about reading a book is it's all up to you how you imagine the characters Mm -hmm. and scene. Like, you can add your own... Yeah, you're exercising that while you're doing it. it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's what I mostly like about reading a book versus, like, watching a movie. Or, like, I refuse to watch a movie if it's um inspired mm-hmm. by a book without reading right the book yeah else, you know that is a good point yeah because once yeah. you read the book yeah that's true the movie will never 
live up to it. It's also just fun to like compare what you yeah. imagine in your head to like what the real like directors and actors ended up like right. dealing yeah. with yeah. it, you know? I would I would kinda echo what Lida said. Like I think every form of like every medium of expression, you know, whether it's art or it's books or it's movies is like kind of like a window, you know, into someone's experience and like books are obviously my choice of, you know, looking through those windows, I suppose, but like books leave it up to you in a lot of ways. Like it doesn't, books don't tell you what you need to see or tell you what you need to think or tell you what you need to, you know, what you need to come away with it from. And I think that that's why when we look at movies or look at songs like that don't have the most concrete meanings like that's why we talk about those movies a lot like Mm -hmm. whether it's inception or it's you know a lot of like movies that have pulp fiction yeah that have like made a big impact on our society it's i i think it's because they don't tell us what we need to think or what we need to do and so we come away with those with kind of that sense of wonder like that willingness to think more deeply about what the meaning is and i think that every single book gives you an opportunity to do that because the vast majority of them don't give you all the tools you know they don't give you everything like i i personally don't love books that like hit you over the head with their symbolism like Mm -hmm. i love to look at books that like allow you to think deeper and allow you to consider more and like in some ways like leave it up to you not to write your own story but to interpret the own story or to see the story as you wish and you kind of make it your own and it really just like relates to you in a whole other level yeah because like everyone with you like everyone who reads a book interprets it differently and takes something different (laughs) away from it whether it's a passage or it's a chapter it's the whole thing you know the message is different for every person and i think that that's why I find so much power in books and in reading. And I also think because it's, uh, you know, it's someone's story that they write for you. Um, or it, like, I, I really feel like a movie is in a lot of cases trying to show you something and like books, right. someone writes their story and it's your, your ability to take away from it what you will. Maybe that's why books are more unifying. Yeah. I feel like everyone can agree on a good book, but not everybody can agree on like a good movie because it yeah. might be a little, dis- you know, yeah, you're divisive on what it's like. Yeah. Sure. Something that I think is interesting. Can you guys talk about? And I don't know what your experience is with this, but like books versus like video games. Because like with movies, it's like somebody <laughs> has like a set, right? Like they have like a set plot line that they're following, and like you watch it, and you're like, okay, this is their interpretation of it. But like, I feel like video games almost mm-hmm. leave an open endedness. Like, not that there isn't a plot line to it, but that there's an open endedness to like what you can do. And so, like, comparing the two, like, where it's, like, you still have some autonomy as to, like, what actions you take and, like, kind of, like, what, what, um, like, meaning you can have over the plot line. It's interesting because I feel like, like you said, like, in books, you have no control of how that book is going to end because it's literally going to end the same way for everyone. But video games, like... I'm not a big gamer at all, but, like, um, you have definitely more of a control of, like, how you want your story or, like, your player to um, end up within the game, you know? It's, like, real life, almost. Yeah. Like, I think I would just say, like, video game is you're trying to experience something, and I think that, like, 
uh, you know, w- with video games where you have the element of choice, you know, mm-hmm. like it's you are experiencing a different life in some ways or a different experience. Um, and like, although books might have, you know, kind of more like a linear ending in some ways, whereas video games might have like a more branching ending. Like, I don't know. I still think that books, I don't know. I think they're both great ways to experience something different and something that I like. I don't want to say that books give you choice, but like, I don't know. Like in some ways, I think that they do. If you had a choice as to how to interpret it, yeah, which is yeah, I think for freedom. So I think like it's different. Like whereas video games are, like certain video games obviously are like very very like non-linear. Like you have a variety of different choices that impact like the way it ends. I think regardless, you're trying to experience something different through the eyes, through the experience of someone different, and that book still enable you to do that. Although the ending might be kind of like laid out for you, right? Mm. No. Yeah. So, okay, I'm definitely convinced to start reading again. Um, (laughs) I think the whole reason that, I guess I'm going to share kind of all the reasons why I really wanted to do this episode. Um, I, because I feel like something in my life is, is like kind of missing. I feel like I want, sometimes I will say things, but I just don't have the words to fully express it. And I want to kind of, I mean, I, I would always say be like, oh, I'm doing engineering. I don't even need to like read or like write well um which is false because i have had to turn in like i think four or five papers or maybe two or three papers in the past couple days and four or five a semester so i mean yeah like it's definitely not i mean writing is always going to be a part of your life but i yeah i think there's like a whole other world that i haven't tapped into and i think also just like personally i mean i love to speak i love to tell stories um obviously as well as hearing them but I want to be able to like do better at that and just like be fulfilled and like fulfill my full potential and being able to like even see I'm at a loss of words because I I need better words I need more words in my life (laughs) needs to read I'll say I'll say this though I feel like reading has not made me a better writer (laughs) like it's just I feel like but has it helped your vocabulary I like to just like read and like hear the stories mm-hmm. within the books like it's definitely helped me with like different yeah. vocabulary and like ways of like, mm-hmm. like expression but like I still suck yeah. at writing yeah but general. it has helped in terms of speaking and like do you feel like yeah do you feel like reading has made you a better storyteller though hmm. I probably I think it's just like with like written words I'm right. still bad at but I think like using my words to express myself like yes like yeah. I, I, I mean there's so yeah. many times I can't even tell you I don't know why lately it's become so prevalent like I notice it so much that I feel like I want to say something uh-huh. but it's and I've expressed it and I, I mean I don't think I necessarily have an issue like expressing what I'm trying to say but I I think I could express it a little bit more precisely to what I'm actually feeling. Like, I want to add more, like, to it. And I don't know why I've been feeling it so much these past, like, maybe, like, the past couple weeks. But I also was reading over, Mm -hmm. because we, since we do online presentation, or, like, pre-record all of our presentations these days, I, you know, everyone pretty much writes a script. And I think that's the first one done that in Mm -hmm. so long. And then I, like, read it back to myself, and I'm like, oh, this needs work. Like, I don't know, I just, I need, I want to become, you know, more, what's the word? See, this is the problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like, like, adequate. Yeah. Right. 
adequate. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is why Teddy reads and I don't. I, <laughs> and he I, knows I, where I think that is like when I like I'm an engineer and I'm a mechanical engineer, so I'm like a fairly technical, you know, I do all the stuff. But like I think that everything is a story. Right. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're trying to sell a product to someone, it is a story. You know, you're telling them uh, where it came from and why it matters. And I think that that's in a number of ways what books have tried to do. And I would echo what Elida said. We're like reading hasn't necessarily made me a better technical writer, but I think it showed me in a lot of ways how to better tell a story. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it's important mm-hmm. Risa, like for you to note that like not like your story is your story and it isn't inadequate because it isn't expressed in the same way that someone else's is mm-hmm. like it, 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 That's your, true. it is your story and what matters is what you want to say. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I, I think that people very often get caught up in how they say it, which is mm-hmm. important for sure, because like, you know, it matters as far as like technically like rhetorical purpose and everything. But like, I think what, what matters more is what you try to say. And so I think that that, like whenever I do an engineering presentation or do really anything, like I focus on what I want to say and what I want to express. And I think that that matters more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's totally true. And I think, yeah, maybe a part of it is too, like kind of comparing myself to other people. But I think just personally though, um, I feel like I, I want to like, I feel like I just want to add more richness into, especially my vocabulary. So I can like, I think, Yeah be more like roomy yeah i mean and, like mm-hmm. I, I would say as far as that like that's my goal <laughs> rich if i know if i know you and i know that you have one skill for anything it's talking about life and talking about things that matter and i think that you do it in a really genuine and eloquent way and i think that those are the two like that's the thing that matters most is that when you're yeah. telling your story whatever it is that you're telling it genuinely and that you're talking about what matters to you and I think that, you know, like whenever you're thinking about a presentation, like that is what matters, that people can perceive that it matters to you and that you are saying what you want to say, you know, in some ways. And so like, even though your delivery might not be like 100% like, you know, the best slam poets in the world or whatever, like it, it is genuinely you. And I think that when I as a listener or a viewer, like watch things like that is what matters most to me. And if I know you, like that's, something that I know that you do. Sure. Oh, thank you. That's why we have Teddy on here to stroke my ego. Rich up on this episode. <laughs> okay, so before we end this, can we talk about books that have really impacted your life or books that you guys would recommend that everybody goes out and reads? That's a good question. The one book I always talk about to literally everyone. Oh, is yeah. You told me about this the other day. It's, like, everyone that I think I've ever talked to about books, I've always, the first book I ever mentioned is The Alchemist. And it's been, for me, it's been, like, four or five years since I've read it. And I do want to reread mm-hmm. it, like, this summer. And the other day, my friend, like, it's my favorite book. And my friend was talking to me about, like, what the book was about. And I couldn't tell her because... I can't remember the plot of the book, but I can't remember all the feelings that, like, mm-hmm. it made me feel. Um, Teddy's so happy right being, now. Like, <laughs> one of them being, like, it really, like, when you read it, I feel like it really humbles you in a way that it makes you feel like you're just, like, one person out of billions mm-hmm. of people on this earth. But at the same time, it, like, shows you that even if you are that tiny in a world... 
like like you can still make an impact that you're still yeah like you still have a reason to be yeah. on this world you know Amazing. so for me it was a really inspiring like book to read and I recommend it to like mm-hmm. everyone I ever see um and I feel like people are getting sick <laughs> of me mentioning the alchemist about um but it is just an amazing book. And I just read another book by the same author. Um, it's called The Hippie. And who is the author? Um, it was... It's, it's Pablo Coelho. Yeah, there you go. Um, but he's he's just... He's great. The book is great. Highly recommend. So you read that it. before you came to, like, college? Like, when you were in school? Okay. Yes. I think I read it between, like... Like, the summer before I started mm-hmm, college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how, like, you don't even remember the plot, but it's just made such an impact on you that you are still so obsessed yeah. with it. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Teddy. Oh, so you're talking that's about The Hippie. Fun. So that's the book that you're reading right now by the same author. No, I read it a couple months ago, but it was by the same author. And it was just, it was interesting to see how different the book was mm-hmm. compared to The Alchemist. And I only really read it because it was yeah. by the same author. And I was like, better amaze me again. But, I mean, it was a good book. But I wouldn't say it was. <laughs> I hate when that happens. When someone, like, writes a masterpiece or, like, That's makes right. a masterpiece. And it's just I like, know. oh, you want it to be just as good. And it's still probably yeah, really good. Really but it's, like, not that level. I, right. I also only bought it because the book was about, like, this guy's journey from, like, Amsterdam uh-huh. to, like, Istanbul. And I saw the word Istanbul. I was like, okay, yeah. like, fine, yeah. I'll buy it. I'll read about it. It takes oh my place gosh. in Turkey. My dream in life is to go to Istanbul. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I remember I was you. telling my... One of, with you. I know, we should go. Yeah, you know, a lot of my TAs... I'll show you guys around. Yeah, a couple of my TAs have been from Istanbul. And I would always, because one of them, one of her names was like Jansu, and I saw that her name started with a C. Yeah, for 330. And I saw that her name started with a C, and I'm like, you're Turkish. Because it's pronounced Jansu. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, where are you from? And she's yeah. like, Istanbul. And I was like, I want to go there so bad. And she's like, why? And I'm like, the architecture, yeah. the food, yeah. the like history. And she's like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I would love to go. It seems like such a cool place. Super yeah. Cool. yeah. All right, Teddy, tell us about your um, favorites. So Alchemist is definitely on my pantheon as well. And like kind of tying it into like the architecture and everything. Like I really think it's all about the story. Like kind of like what I was saying is it's not necessarily about how you tell the story, but it's about the story that you tell. And I think the interesting thing when you think about authors who, you know, we would maybe consider like one hit wonders, you know, whether it's Harper Lee with like To Kill a Mockingbird or like Pablo Coelho and like with The Alchemist or something. It's like they had something to say and they said it, you know. And, like, I think that's really interesting. And for me, like, the, the, the books that I love the most, I think, are just these really, like, they, they, they aren't the most beautiful, like, depictions of, you know, not the most beautiful, like, prose or writing or anything, but they, like, told a really beautiful story about life. Um, and so in that, I have The Alchemist, for sure. I have... Um, Wait, so did you hear that, Elida, or did it cut out for you, too? Okay, okay, no, so I probably it. recorded. I'll listen back to it. I just don't want to miss what you said. Okay. I just said, like, I, the, the books that matter the most to me are really, really vibe depictions of life in, like, a number of ways, mm-hmm. because I always bring it back to what matters. And so I have 100 Years of Solitude on my Pantheon. It's by Gabrielle Garcia Marquez. Um, <laughs> it's a really beautiful book that traces 100 years of a family's growth throughout this 
they kind of start their own city and their own civilization and you see oh my a gosh. variety of things kind of repeats um throughout it so he wrote uh life in the time of cholera which is probably his most famous book but this is the one i really come back to it's just like it's about life and it's about family and it's about like what what i think in a lot of ways unites us you know in some ways um and i really loved that one also um the things they carried by tim o'brien oh yeah so it's a book about the vietnam war and i think that that is a really interesting book because it's tim o'brien's uh realistic fiction depiction of his own experiences in vietnam so Mm -hmm. it's i i think it that book really taught me that you know reality isn't the same for everyone you know that what Mm -hmm. everyone experiences in the same instant isn't the same and so Mm -hmm. it's a series of like stories or vignettes if you will like about what he experienced in vietnam and some of it is true and some of it isn't but i think he closes the book with like a line that's like but who is to say what's really real you know in some ways Mm -hmm. because like i think that we all experience things so differently um I think that was really beautiful for me. And then I have a lot, like I could go on for days, um, but I also really, really enjoy Cormac McCarthy. Um, so he wrote The Road and Blood Meridian. Uh, the Road is probably more famous. It's a, it's like a post-apocalyptic book. It has, uh, it's a movie with Viggo Mortensen, which is, he's Aragon and Lord of the Rings. Um, but it's the most like sparse prose I've ever read. Like he says, his sentences are like five words long, but he says so much in them. And so I, oh, wow. okay. I think for me, so it's a post-apocalyptic book. It's really, really dark. It's kind of scary, but it's like, it's a reminder for me in some ways that like what you write and what you read doesn't have to be like, like John Milton is really famous for like Paradise Lost for having like these crazy long sentences with these crazy meanings and all these giant words and stuff in it. Um, and I like I love that book as it as it is, you know, but like the road is like it's so sparse, but it says so much, you know? And so I think like Richa, like to your point earlier, like it's a great reminder for me that what you write doesn't have to be this beautiful, flowery, like it if it says something, you know, like that's enough. Um yeah. and I don't know. I really like resonate with that. And it's it's a really great story. And Blood Meridian's beautiful too. It's kind of a Western book. Um, but he says so much in so few words and like I've never seen another author who's capable of doing that. Oh wow. Okay, I'm going to have to read all these books that you guys have suggested. I've The 100 Years of Solitude is on my read list for the summer. I just had my dad buy it and ship it to Texas it so, so I can read it. Who's the author again? It's Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Um I would say, like, read it slowly. Like, savor it. Enjoy it. It's, like, think about, like, Mm -hmm. it is a story of a family over anything else. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's not true and it's fantastical, but it's, like, beautiful, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where is Gabriel from? Uh, He is, oh, gosh. Is he Mexican or is he Colombian? I I do not know. Let me see. (laughs) I love Latin authors. Yeah, it's like My favorite book is um, Old Man by the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. I know he's not a Latin author per se, but his writing and his experience has have all been in Cuba. So Marquez is um, Colombian. And I would also add uh, there's something I really loved. So Marquez was really like famous for his depictions of life and his depictions of 
like families and stuff like that. Uh, and his son actually wrote an, uh, an op-ed in the New York Times like a couple days ago, just kind of dealing with like how his father would perceive uh, the whole coronavirus crisis. And I found it really beautiful and like kind of calming in some ways. Mm. Um, so go give yeah. a read. I'll send it. I'll send it in our group chat that we make after this. I'm sure, but mm. um, definitely go read that. He's Colombian, and it's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah, we can also yeah, link it. Like we it. can write all them down in the description. Yeah. yeah. All right, Paul. What's your favorite book? My favorite. Oh man. Oh geez. Um, man, this is tough. Okay, again, I don't read. Admittedly, do not read a ton. Um, some of my favorite books I've read in the past. I feel like the first book I really remember reading was like Phantom Tollbooth. Um, as far as like a, mm-hmm. as like, far as like a chapter book goes, and I know it's kind of like, kind of like a kids book, but like I just thought it had like very interesting themes and like kind of just like that that theme of like adventure, but also like academia and learning, and like I really loved that. Um, let's see some other favorite ones I read. Um, man, this is tough. I let's see, I've read like. A lot of the Dan Brown books, um, read like Origin, um, oh shit, what are the other ones called? Let's, uh, Digital Fortress. Da Vinci Code, uh, Angels and Demons. No, what? his other one shot, uh, his other one-off book. Um, oh man, whatever. I've read a lot of his books. I do like a book club with my mom every like winter break and like all the breaks. So like we always read one of the books. Um, and I've always really enjoyed those. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, those have been, those have been super fun. Um, I, Finally, I had read the Harry Potter series. I read it after the summer of my freshman year of college, so like three years ago. So when I was like 19 years old. And like, that was, it was interesting. Like, everyone always gave me shit because they're like, how did you not read it before you were 19? And I was like, I don't know. But um, that was, that was a, um, that was a fun read for sure. Um, let's see. Yeah. It's good. I also still I haven't have seen, yeah, watched I, I, I haven't seen all the movies either, and like, like the books were fun. Like they were. Yeah, I I don't think they were. I've they were the definitely so movie. fun. Um, I, I really Before. enjoyed those. Like, I, it's like good to know just for like cultural references. Like when people talk about things, like it's just good to know what's going on. Um, yeah. Over winter yeah. break, my mom and I read um, "Murder on the Orient Express" by Agatha Christie. Um, and like oh, obviously she's one yes, of the like, yes, yes. most famous authors of all time like she's you know a fantastic author and like that was a really fun one um i feel like that was like really one of the first like murder mysteries that i had read um and i had a lot of fun with that one you know just like trying to like guess at like what was going on and then like there being a lot of like twists at the end so like that was really fun so like you know just speaking of, like what elena and teddy mm-hmm. had said like you know i think authors have a very like unique gift to tell a story in a way that like a lot of people cannot and not that like other people's stories are invalid but more just like the presentation of it is just so surprising i think um and and, like eloquent in the way that like authors present it uh that it makes it like very like rewarding to to read novels um and so like for me like i don't read a lot and i should and I know that. And like, I, you know, I always make the argument. I was like, okay, what's the difference in reading? I, I even asked the question earlier, like what's the difference between reading and playing video games and things like that. And the difference is, is that there are brilliant people out there that are writing brilliant stories and they're writing things that like either like in not like you can't think of, or that you've just never considered. And that really like open your mind to another like avenue of perceiving life, you know? And like, 
I think that's an awesome mm-hmm. thing. So like, I really appreciate like Elida and Chetty like giving suggestions on like what books that are really interesting, like are you know have been their favorites and are really interesting to them. And you know, I think there's a lot of benefit in you know delving into the minds of some of these like very famous authors. Yeah, yeah. I was reading. Mm-hmm. I think. No, okay. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Richard. I was going to say, I think one of the more, like, unique books I've read mm-hmm. was a couple of years ago when I read The Book Thief. I've heard of that. And the only reason I thought <laughs> it so was happy. really yeah. unique <laughs> is because it's the point of view of, like, the whole book is it's by death. Like, that's mm-hmm. who narrates the whole story. And it's just really interesting to... And it took me um, quite a while to realize... <laughs> That it was narrated by death. Like, I think it was, like, 100 pages in. And I was like, oh, interesting. This is not a person. <laughs> yeah, because I think there's, like, a part in the book, and I'm probably going to butcher, like, the way I'm going to explain this. But one part of the book, like, the way he, like, explains it, he's like, yeah, like, this night I was super busy, blah, blah. That's why, like, I couldn't get to her, <laughs> you know? And... Which, like, what they are trying to say is they were, the, the girl in the book was, like, mm-hmm. meant to die that night, but there was this, like, bomb happening, so death was super busy, you know, killing all those people, yeah. so they and that's when get you realize girl, that, you know, and that, wow. yeah, I was yeah. like, wait I... a second, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really, like, I don't know, it was just a unique book that I read, and I watched the movie, it wasn't, as good as the book which i feel yeah. like happens uh-huh. a lot with and like, i that's one but, of my favorite yeah. books i've ever read as well and like i think that it's a lot of the reason is not because like the story is exceptional for sure but because like like there are seven billion stories you know going on at once like we each have our own story and like no one is like privy mm-hmm. to those stories you know in some ways and so like maybe it's our responsibility as people to tell our own stories you know or something but like the, the, you know, the theme of, like, death telling the, the story of, I don't even remember her name in the book, but, like, it's, like, like I, I don't know, I think it's, like, beautiful because I, I can be, like, pinpoints, I suppose, that story is, like, one we're telling, but, like, I don't know, it's just, like, there there are so many stories going on at once, and so, like, Richard, when you talked about interviewing people, like, I think that's important because, like, everyone has something to tell, you know, and it's just, like... Everyone and, has something to tell. Everybody has something incredible And no one about knows what everyone else has to tell and like in the book thief i think it's like an example of like someone who you know knows what everyone has to tell or something and they like weave that in um so i i think that's beautiful too and that's also one of my favorites a lot yeah yeah okay this has been awesome thank you guys so much uh for all of your inspiring you know stories and tips and telling us to read telling us to read hey if you're listening to this pick up a book you know pick up that book i know everyone has that book that they've started or they ordered and it's just been sitting and you know collecting dust on the bookshelf open it up you know or check out one of these awesome suggestions by teddy and elida you know there's a lot of good stuff out there yeah i think also (laughs) just to add on um the way i encourage myself to read more is while I'm reading a book I pick the next book I'm going to read and I get myself excited to Uh like read the next book so I read the one that I have faster than yeah yeah I probably would have 
So that's how I usually like get myself to read oh, more. Interesting. So you can very do that nice. Too. Too. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate your time. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Guys. This was so fun. Um, I'm excited yeah. to go read something. Yeah. Even yeah. I might read I'm excited something. for y'all. To, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Excited for a book bar Wait, to open can, up. Can I? Can I add one suggestion of a book that I forgot? <laughs> okay, yeah, so it, this is the most recent of the books that I've read, um, but it's called All the Light We Cannot See by Frederick Dorr. Um, there's a lot of World War II stories about there out there, but this one is like a realistic fiction about this girl who's blind, who experiences it. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful. Um, so everyone go read it. It's kind of fantastical. It's gorgeous. Um, I love it. But yeah, sorry, Richard, continue. There we go. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, no. I um I was just talking about book bar. I hope all all these books are going to be there that we talked yeah. about today in um twenty years. Check us out. Uh, where where is this going to be? <laughs> I, th- I feel like I guess it has yeah. to be. Like, we'll let you know. Let you know. <laughs> open it in like Seattle. A location in Seattle, also in maybe Austin, Texas, also in the. Listen, oh let, also let, Turkey. let me assure you guys that when yes. they open up locations for this book bar, we will be letting you know where they are. And we will be dropping will, the address. And you should go. Yes. For sure. Yeah. yeah. The opening night. Yes. You have oh to, look, to look forward <laughs> to you, everyone. That's amazing. It'll come yeah. full circle. <laughs> yep. There it is. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you to our guests. You're amazing, Teddy. Yes, yes, you guys were. Um, oh, thank you're very you for having us. Um, I know Teddy <laughs> had to travel very far I did. to meet up. I with did. Paul. Um, it was it was quite the <laughs> trek, uh, but I'm happy that mm-hmm. we were able to do it. Teddy had to travel maybe 20 feet upstairs to come and interview with me, but you know. We appreciate his insights and yeah. his dedication. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm Paul. <laughs> and I'm Richa. And this is the, this is the PR, PR show, show, baby. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.